Hello and welcome back after a long, what, well, what felt two like two weeks. Well, was it two weeks? It was felt it? so long, but yeah. I think it was, I think it was just two weeks, It was right? a relatively long hiatus. Yeah. I think it would have <laughs> hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> well, time flies when you're having fun and I wasn't allowed to have fun with you guys for the past two weeks. Yeah, same. Brian was in quarantine because his roommate had COVID and he wasn't sure if he was going to have COVID, so he was extra safe. And he did the responsible thing to do and stayed home. Woo. Woo. Which, if you are questioning if you or a loved one might have COVID, <laughs> then stay the fuck home, please. Yeah, and wear your mask when you're going out. Please and thank you. Yes. Get that grocery store delivery. Yeah, if you can. If you I'm can. poor, so I don't. Well, a lot of places are offering it for free now. <gasps> what? Yeah, I think Kroger offers it for free. Fuck. I think Kroger has offered it for free for quite a while. I'm really behind on this. I just assume that that's bougie people shit. And I mean, like, so, if, you, if you use, like, another service, like, shit yeah. or something, yeah. But yeah. if you, like, just use the the store. Okay. I that guess. makes sense. I like to... I personally enjoy the process of grocery shopping. I find it very, like relaxing and therapeutic for my soul and i like picking out my produce especially i like that too but i just don't like the people that i have to interact with at the store see i also like the people uh-huh. i like i like talking to the cashiers i'm like how's your life how's your night see that kind of makes me want to kill myself but <laughs> <laughs> but it's mainly like the people that are in the way mm-hmm. but they don't realize that they're in the way oh yeah and see, Brendan will just, he'll just, like, bulldoze them over. Like, he doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Like, there's no politeness whatsoever. But for me, I'm like, um, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, um, can you move? I just got to grab the salt real quick. Um, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like Hinata from Naruto. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I've really been getting into Naruto lately. Yeah. I finally caved and decided to watch it, and I started it last Thursday, and I'm halfway through season four. And that's a lot, because each season has, like, 28 episodes. Jesus. Um, so I've watched probably over 60 episodes of Naruto in, like, a five-day period. Damn. That's impressive. I have no life. Well, you've also been off of work for the past few days, right? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like in my heart, I should be like, go outside, do other things. Don't yeah. just sit on the couch with your cat and watch Naruto. But that's like the dream. It is the dream. <laughs> and you're living the dream. I'm living the dream. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> so, uh... The question we've all been waiting for, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, Why do you say surprisingly? Well, because I feel like most Thanksgivings, I usually expect something, um, some negative conversation either about my life or how I'm living my life or how so-and-so is living. Yeah. um, (laughs) Something of that nature. Um, And usually my grandmother um, is there to kind of, well, she's kind of there to distract, but mm. she wasn't there this year because she's afraid to leave her house, yeah. um, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, uh, so <laughs> um, but none of that happened this year. So it was surprisingly good. I was good. pleasantly surprised. Um, what about you? It was good. I met my boyfriend's family for the first time. Which was terrifying, but also not so terrifying because they're just really cool people. Um, And then I met his friends the next day. So, yeah. Lots of new stuff happening. It was actually my first first Thanksgiving away from family, which was really difficult. Really? Yeah, quite honestly. Because I I remember that you said earlier that you just like wanted to have some space between you guys from like. I did. And I think, I think it was good. I think, um, our relationship is going to be better because of it. I'm not going to get into like details or anything. Um, but I mean, you know, all, all families like have issues that they come across. Um, ours happen to generally come up because of religion or because, of personal beliefs, political beliefs. It's very, it's, and it's only natural. I mean, it's been a very tense political year. And 
Um, I think a lot of people are going through the same thing. Well, so. likewise, I think that it's also been a difficult year for religious people because I think a lot of those politics are also coinciding with a lot of religious beliefs and mm-hmm. whatnot. Definitely. Which I think, you know, makes sense if you're a religious person. Yeah. Um, yeah, not going to say anything on that quite yet, but um, just to get our minds flowing in that direction. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so speaking of that same topic, today we thought it would be a great idea since we are approaching the holiday season, if not already past it at this point, um, at least for number number one of the three big mm-hmm. ones that we have coming up that at least I think a majority... Wait, what's the third? New Year's. Oh, New Year's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not as big of a deal to a lot of people. Yeah, I've also kind of felt like I've tossed that one kind of out the window because, like, I usually go and party, and, like, we're just not partying. I don't know. I mean, I get the day off the next day, so I'm like... <laughs> uh, I have to work both New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That sucks. Yeah. Do you have to work until midnight, or...? Um, no, we get off at 10, thankfully. Um, so hopefully I'm so not... So you can hit some parties. Closing. Oh, Yeah. Um, but we're also like, I mean, the best we can do this year is like a kickback. So yeah. Or like go out to a bar distancedly if possible. I will be in Florida. Nice. Um, which I have mixed feelings about because from what I've heard, everything in Florida is open and people look at you weird if you're wearing a mask. Jesus. Just like certain places in the South, like where my parents live. Certain places in Broadway. I mean, like I went down there because one of my friends wanted to go down there the other night and we ended up leaving because we were just like a bit uncomfortable with this like like no but like just nobody's wearing a mask and people are like shoulder to shoulder and just all up on each other then basically like nothing's happening and nobody's enforcing masks yeah no i said that i'm not going to any of like the like more party-esque bars Mm -hmm. until this stuff is cleared up because at like the Midtown area and the, yeah, I'm not going into any bars that offer like dancing and things like that. Yeah, I didn't know how it was gonna be, and so I was curious. And after experiencing it, it I was, was a like, mistake. It was a mistake. It really was. It was just like, ugh. yeah. Now like the dive bars and like some nicer bars where people are just sitting down having yes. a drink, those are fun. Yeah. Um, but I just think generally a lot of people aren't. I don't know. I feel like people just want to pretend. And I understand that. Like, I mean, I'm mentally over this, but mm-hmm. we got to be looking out for our fellow man here. Yeah. Uh, um, but Definitely. Yeah. So speaking of holidays. Um, Can you talk to your family about religion? Should you? Can you talk about it at the dinner table? Can you talk about it in general? Are you scared? Does it give you Vietnam flashbacks? Because <laughs> for me, Vietnam it sure flashbacks. does. It gives me a lot of Vietnam flashbacks. Yeah. Um, for me, personally, I've pretty much... Sorry, that was my teacup. Um, <laughs> I've kind of omitted that aspect from my life. I just kind of try to pretend that none of that exists for me when I'm around my family anymore. Yeah. Just because I feel like it doesn't get me anywhere whatsoever. Like, I know that you are able to talk with your family more about certain things that are difficult. <laughs> well, whether whether or not they actually listen, but the fact that you do, I think, is quite admirable because um, I, I don't do any of it. Yeah, but at what cost? I mean, like, the, we've had some, like, fights about it, and now I'm – and things are different. But also it's – I don't know if I want to live in a reality where, like, we're all just, like, kind of pretending like nothing's happening. Right. So, I don't know. There's, I mean, so I guess maybe it's good that we particularly are talking about this because we kind of come at this from different perspectives and we have tackled the same issue in different ways. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll give some backstory along with some examples. So, my parents are both very, um, like, fundamentalist Christian people. Um, you know, there's, there's only, there's no musical instruments in church. It's, it's very, it's very formal. Um, no choirs. It's very congregational in that. Women wear veils. Oh yes. The women wear veils, which show their submission to men, which I think is outlandish. Um, and not a lot of the women there do it still. Um, but there's still quite a few that do. Um, Mm. Even a few younger women, which I still think is crazy, but whatever. Um, 
and I also think that, you know, their belief is a little, I mean, going off that, I think it's a little bit, um, sexist because women aren't allowed to lead anything. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember that my mother told me once that if like a woman were to lead like a marriage ceremony, it wouldn't count. (laughs) Which I'm like, okay. There are plenty of women who have led marriage ceremonies that are recognized by the state. And I mean, hopefully by God. Yeah. Well, she thinks that if it's held by like a woman, it doesn't count in Mm. God's eyes, which is like where it matters. Cause like, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> but also, but also, I mean, it only really affects your life when the state recognizes it. Like, really, directly. I mean, like, if the state recognizes, I mean, you get to like, well, claim you know, it on your taxes. You see, if God doesn't recognize your marriage and you've been boning, <laughs> instant ticket to hell. Brenna's making a little sign with her finger on her neck. You know, like, yeah. It's just bad news bears all around. Um, So those are my mother's thoughts. At least those were my mother's thoughts. I'm pretty sure that they are still my mother's thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so we've had uh, conversations before in which I've tried to um, explain why I don't believe in something. It never goes well. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's actually horrible. It's it's kind of traumatic um, because she, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like explain something, which I feel like it's hard to explain why you don't believe in something to someone who so wholeheartedly believes in it with all of their being, because Mm -hmm. to them, it's like they have no hope if, if this one thing were to go away. Mm -hmm. But see, for me, it's the exact opposite because I find for the first time in like 23 years i'm finally at peace with myself with the absence of god um and i don't have a lot of guilt or regret about anything and i don't feel like i'm always like looking behind me waiting to see if like the devil's pulling me in or some shit yeah um which at this point i'm like yeah let's go um but (laughs) (laughs) let's fight bitch (laughs) um so it's extremely difficult, and I'm sure many of you have had to experience that because it's like trying to talk to somebody who doesn't. Because I think some of it for her is an aspect of denial. Uh-huh. She doesn't want to believe that her only child has forsaken the one true God. So her first thing is to say, well, you just don't want to believe in God because it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... For me, it's more difficult to... Or- there was a process of letting go of God, which was one of the hardest things I've had to do in my life, but honestly, one of the most worth it things. Yeah. And I don't feel like I ever had that kind of like godly or spiritual connection with whatever's up there, if there's anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at this point in my like life, I think I've turned into a little bit more of an atheist than I ever thought I would be. Um, I think I still like to consider myself in the agnostic range, but sometimes I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I think it's just me (laughs) and some bleak abyss abyss or whatnot, which I'm perfectly fine with at this point. Um, but other days I don't know. Um, so we'll still consider me on the agnostic side of life. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, (laughs) but... But since I've been able to omit that from my life and since I never felt like I had much of a connection with it, period. Because when I was younger, I don't feel like church was taken very seriously. Yeah. Um, I mean, we would talk about God and things like that, but it wasn't ever such, you know, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mother got, you know, my mom ha- has a disease. And so when she got a little bit more sick or when things, you know, really started to look more bleak for them. Um, and I think it was also part of, me kind of falling away from that belief and religious value, um, that got her and my dad more into it. Hmm. Um, mainly her. Um, that's interesting. So like this part of it is in response to your own disbelief. I think so. Okay. Um, and I think that's because, I mean, she's told me before that she thinks that she's at fault. For the for this, and I mean, to an extent, like, yes, but really, no. Yeah. I mean, me and my mother don't have the greatest relationship, and I mean, she, she and I both know that, um, and have admitted that, and I don't, you know, necessarily think that it's... I, I don't want to, like, point fingers at who's to blame for it, 
But I also don't think that our religion really like helped with, you know, our relationship problems or if anything. It made it worse. Yeah, I guess because I don't know, like a lot of the things that I noticed that, you know, she would do didn't seem like something that somebody who claims to be super religious should be doing, mm -hmm. which was kind of like strike one for me in the barrel. Um, you know, similar with like watching people gossip a lot and like yeah. talk badly about other people and just have, you know, such like hate and disdain for people that choose to live their life differently. Like, especially like I know like right now and just in general, it's always been like the Christians versus like the gays <laughs> in a lot of aspects about, I guess not everybody views it that way though. Well, I'm not saying that that's like how it is in reality, but yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people it is, you know, a lot of like religious people have like a lot of spite in their heart for people that are gay mm -hmm. and whether they know it or not. I mean, cause I wouldn't have seen myself as somebody who felt spite for somebody who was gay, but like, I definitely disagreed with it because I was also like in the closet myself. Um, but like, I mean, I used to think that it was sinful too. Yeah. But I mean, I never, I never felt like personal smite spite against those per people it was just more like this like almost condescending kind of like oh well like you'll figure it out someday like you just you're just you're confused a lost soul or like you're confused or something yeah but i've i mean but there are people who are standing on the edges of you know roads and saying you know you're going to hell and all those things but well, I mean, even, I mean, even if you're not saying that directly, I mean, even if you still think that, you know, being gay is a sin, I mean, you're still like virtually thinking that. Yeah. Like if you don't fix yourself, this is, this is where you're going and this is why you should fix yourself. For me, I never thought that being gay was like the ticket to hell itself. It was more like it's a symptom of your irreligiousness or like your, like, your desire to not live with God and that was going to be the thing and that a gay lifestyle would keep you from God, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. That's an yeah. interesting perspective. Where were we, where were we going with that though? Oh, I was just saying, so it was like, um, similar, like a, a, a similar thing with me and my mother about just having like such spite. Mm, gotcha. Um, Similarly with, like, people that have, like, a lot of spite or just, you know, you're just, like, a sinner and either you're going to go to hell if you don't fix yourself or this is the way that you are because you don't believe or blah, 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 blah. And so, similarly, my mother has, like, a lot of um, guilt. She thinks that it's her fault that I don't believe in God mm -hmm. um, or because I just don't want to do the work because it's hard, even though in my heart I know it's right, which yeah. in my heart I don't feel like I've ever really known that it was right. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I was baptized forever ago, it was just because a lot of other people were doing it mm -hmm. and because I ever, like, you know, felt quote-unquote convicted that it was so right. But I also made that decision when I was too young to really know what that meant. Yeah. Um, and also understand what the rest of the world looks like. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, when you're surrounded by people that, for the most part, just believe what you do, you're just living in a cave. Yeah. It's like the fucking, is it Plato's allegory of the cave? Yes. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it, it really is like that. And, I mean, I think it's it's a little bit hard to see children, you know, who are baptized at such a young age... Um, aside from, I mean, like the little like baby Catholic thing. I'm sorry. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very cr uh, crude way of putting that. But like, uh, like, like a infant baptism, I suppose. Well, um, they baptize the infants because they think that everybody comes, comes into this world being a sinner. Exactly. And I mean, that's, that's, that's like another thing. I mean, the kid's not going to remember that, but like having conversations with your kid about religion I mean, like, I understand that they have to happen. It's just, like, a, it's a delicate balance, I feel. Because, like, personally, I was not in a place where I could have fathomed what all of it meant. And, I mean, it was, it was kind of just like, okay, I'm going to do this thing because I don't want to go to hell. And so I didn't well, understand the reasoning fully. Well, not only that, but it, when you're taught, I think for a lot of people that grow up in religious households, it's not taught as this thing, like... 
oh, well, this is what we do and you should do it too because it's it's not taught like that. It's because this is right. Yes. And this is the thing. Like, yes. it's not a question of like, oh, would you like to go to church with mommy and daddy sometime? Would you yeah. like to go? Do you it, like going to church? Do you blah, blah, blah. It's not that. Like, there's no choice in it. It just is. Yeah. Like, because we do it, it's, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And there is no... Oh, well, this is what we believe, but other people believe different things. And that's not a bad thing. It's this is the truth. Uh And here is all the stuff that you need to learn about it at a young age Mm -hmm. and fill your brain with and blah, 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 blah. Like there's no. Like really the only choice that you get is when you become older and finally are able to understand it. Mm -hmm. And then, which is why I think it's so funny that my mother blames herself because like at basically at this point, what she's saying, if I had brainwashed you more as a child (laughs) into believing that it was right, then you wouldn't, then you wouldn't have fallen. I guess that's kind of like an important segue into the topic that we're trying to cover today. And like, which is like, in a lot of ways, I mean, if you look at talking about religion with anybody, especially your family members, people you care deeply about, it comes to a point where it's like, how are you framing this conversation? Are you saying, I am absolutely right, and this is like, this is the absolute truth, and like, like how much space are you giving the other person to come forward with their own beliefs? And so can you both hold space for each other in this conversation? Um, because I mean, there are, there are some times when like I can speak with my family very openly about what I believe, um, depending on the person, depending on the circumstance. I mean, like we had a argument not too long ago that, um, ended up being kind of like damaging (laughs) or I see it that way for myself. But, um, part of that argument came from us being intoxicated. Like we were all drunk at like a family gathering and politics are also thrown in there. And see, I wish we could get drunk at our family gatherings, uh, but my parents don't believe in drinking. So it's just like, (laughs) Well, I snuck off with my sister and we were like, let's make everybody shots <laughs> and then came back and we did them. Um, but I think that was mostly like the, well, I think we, we grabbed shots for everybody. So my parents were also partaking, but like, I mean, it, it's hard to say because like it was partially what fueled like the, the way that we weren't able to give each other space in this conversation Um, but there is also the aspect of like, yeah, this is something that we do together occasionally. I mean, we, we don't like go and party together, but like, I don't know, we can sit around and have some drinks together now that we're all of age, I guess. I mean, that wasn't like a thing growing up. Um, but I mean, it also comes to the place where it's like, how much do you need to know about that other person's belief system. How much do you need to know about this other person in general? Like, and I think it all comes down to the relationship that you have with that, like everybody individually and also with your family as a whole. And I feel like part of why, like my separating myself from the beliefs that I was raised in, um, part of that being so distressing I think for my family is not only just in the fact that I am separating myself from the belief itself but also from the fact that I was somebody who was very quiet very demure and just like very I I was not outspoken when I was a kid and when I was it was about the things that they believed in and so there was like a thumbs up behind that and some like agreement or like affirmation yeah like you're supporting our beliefs when when you do the things yes and so part of why it has been very hard for I think my family to watch is because it's not only their perception of my belief system that's that's been dismantled a little bit but it's also who I am in relationship to them and I think 
there is a certain fear that comes from like, okay, I don't know how to talk to this person in the same way anymore because this is a different person than I grew up with. And I think that's totally okay. And I recognize why like it could be difficult when, you know, you see somebody that you grew up with a certain way, you know, like, and, and trying to hold also the person that they perceive themselves to be now. Um, All right, which I understand. But I mean, I also think that, I mean, as a parent, what else can you expect? Yeah. I mean, your kid's going to grow up. Your kid is going to mature and become whomever they're going to be, regardless yeah. of what you want. Yeah. And I mean, like, how many coming-of-age stories have there been depicted in television, movies, books, in, in real life to, like, help? I mean, not saying that that necessarily makes it any easier, because, I mean, it doesn't. I think that it's even harder for parents who were religious to watch their children deviate mm -hmm. from that um, just because they think that they're setting themselves up for failure at that point. Yeah. Which I think is why my mother holds so much concern for me is because she thinks that she has failed mm -hmm. and she has called and I me. think my parents too. Yeah. And they also hold a lot of guilt about it. And so they're also contending with their own sense of guilt, whether, whether it is like reasonably placed on themselves or not, whether it holds actual truth, they still feel it. And so I'm trying to like hold space for that feeling and I, sense. yeah, and I mean, I think I do too. But it's also like, how long? How long do you like, how long do you, how long do you hold that space? Well, also like, I don't think that there should be any space held in regards to, well, I guess because, you know, you feel so bad, then I'll be guilt tripped into just saying like, oh yeah, like I'll go to church. Like I'll do that because then there's like no space for you at that well, point. Yeah. Well, again, it's like, it's like you both have to have your boundaries and you both have to hold space for the other in whatever regards that looks like. It may be like, Hey, I'm not going to go to church with you and maybe we're not going to talk about religion. For some people, they can talk about religion in like a healthy, like maybe more of like a philosophical concept sort of way. But for the people who have so much conviction and a lot of deep hurt that goes along with their really religious belief, because so many, so many people carry their religious belief as a solution to pain. And I understand this. Well, not only that, but it's like life and death. It is. For them. Yes, because, because for them that pain is also life and death. And can, can you live with this pain without this bandage put over it? Can, can you live with that? Some people can't. And I mean, that's just kind of... It's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just like, it is what it is. And some people need that extra sense of like, I know that this thing is right. And so you just have to tread carefully, like respectfully and have your own boundaries, but do tread carefully when you are speaking with somebody who associates pain with their religious perspective. I guess. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about boundaries a lot, but for, I mean, and like general respect, but like, yeah, I feel like my favorite, <laughs> but I feel like for me and my family, at least like there is none, mm -hmm. those don't exist. Like yeah. if I'm going to end up talking about religion, it's because I get cornered into it mm -hmm. on purpose and being told, you know, it's not even, and being told, well, Brenna, you're going to hell. And Brenna, like, you're not morally convicted that it's wrong. You just don't want to do it because it's hard. Mm -hmm. And Brenna, like in your heart, you know that it's wrong. Well, that just comes from a place of like being condescending. It seems like in, from, from your perspective, I don't know your parents well enough to say. Well, I mean, I think that it is con being condescending, but I mean, I'm also not going to say that. I mean, I'm, I know that they think that they're right. Yeah. But and that, I, that I've heard the, me... I've heard the opposite thing from my family. They think that I'm being condescending. And, and there have been conversations where I have definitely said things that were probably condescending or I came across in that way because, like, when I was dealing with these things, I mean, like, you have to hold, like, that sense of rightness sometimes before you can explain why you have it because, you, like, it's, it's unfolding and we, we have a lot of beliefs that we figure out over time and you have to hold 
I guess, space within yourself for that belief. And sometimes that comes with the, okay, here, here's an interesting idea and I'm introducing it to myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, and so sometimes, I mean, like, like I said, I have definitely come across that way. And I, looking back, I don't think I would have thought I was, um, condescending at, condescending at the time, but now like looking back, I realized that like, I probably have made some mistakes in that regards. Yeah. And I, I understand that. I mean, I don't personally think that and I think that this is also because I think I really try to avoid it mm-hmm. because I've known for a long time that me and my family can't have conversations about stuff like this mm-hmm. because when I was younger and tried to have conversations about this, when I was still quote unquote, a believer, they always ended up in fights and no like, Hmm, could this person like have a point? Like there's no, there's no question, mm-hmm. which I think is like part of my issue because at that point, if there's, like, no respect for your question, which mm-hmm. just makes you feel like an idiot mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so, like, a lot of the time when I would have conversations with, you know, my mother specifically about this, um, she would be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And that's just coming from a perspective of like I don't understand like how you could possibly think that you non-religious heathen you know like well how could you think that God would do that to blah 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 mm-hmm. and I'm just like okay so from that moment on I was like okay well we can't talk about this anymore because there's no there's no room to be made in that department and I know and I know now that that it's still the same way because when I've really tried to be honest about things and my opinions about them. And I don't ever think that I've been condescending about, you know, I've never been one of those people that said, oh, well, you're wrong. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. You know, not saying that that's what you were doing, but, mm-hmm. but for me personally, I've never been that kind of person. I'm a very quiet and I keep to myself in a lot of ways. and I keep a lot of opinions to myself as well. And I'm not of the opinion that my opinion is the be beyond right thing or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's the right choice for me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even when I was honest with them about my opinions and why I'm choosing to do something, which you kind of have to do when somebody's like, well, why are you living with your boyfriend? You're not, you're not married and you're sinning and it's just absolutely horrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can also, I mean, choose to entertain those conversations or not. And I guess that's, that's what I'm saying is like, if, if that person is coming at it from a place where you feel like you are respected, then you can choose to have that. But, and, but, and I, and so many times I wish that that was the case, but, but I know not. for me, it never will be. Yeah. No matter who I'm talking to in my family that's religious, it never will be because it was never a question for them to begin with. Yeah. Which I think is part of our disconnect and why we don't have a good relationship anymore is because there's no, there's no understanding. There's not, there's not even an effort to try to understand or make some sort of peace, which I think is really a shame because every time, you know, you have a disagreement with someone, no matter who, who it is or about or what it is, the whole point of having a disagreement and a conversation is so you can try to like chip away at that disagreement or issue and try to come to some sort of understanding. So it either brings, so it can bring you closer and understand each other more. Yeah. But with us, it's like, there's no respect or want there. So at that point it's just, well, I may as well not be part of this at all. Yeah. Which is why I choose not to do it anymore because I'm just so tired of not having respect for I'm just tired of other people in my family not having respect for me, even though, you know, even though they think that what I'm doing is wrong. And I'm not saying that they have to respect my belief itself, but at least respect that that's what I think, mm-hmm. which is part of my problem. I don't feel like there is any. Yeah, It's just, oh, well, you're wrong. And you're wrong because you're stupid. And you're wrong because it's hard, mm-hmm. which isn't, which isn't true at all. Yeah. I think... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of it just comes from a place of intentionality 
And I mean, when we have these conversations, if we want to get anything out of them, we have to come from a place of intention and you have to figure out, okay, why am I wanting to bring this up in the first place? And like, will, how do I see this going? And so like, I guess that's been part of the journey or the adventure, I suppose, of like where I've been with my family, which is um, we, we used to believe all of the same beliefs. And I was very like hardcore about the Christian stuff as well. Um, but like, as those, as, as those beliefs started to unravel, like I found myself also unraveling a little bit because they were so like, uh, hard kept. And I think looking back now on the conversations that we've had, the more tense ones have come when I am in a place of not being okay myself. Like when I'm in a place of like, when I'm over emotional and I'm letting like my past hurt in regards to the conversation about religion, um, get in the way rather than having like an intention and being like, okay, how can I approach this in a way that you can also understand? Because I mean, with some, with people who believe that they are right beyond all, I'm, I'm just going to say like beyond all reason, um, or like question, I'll say beyond, beyond a question of a doubt. Um, like there has to be a recognition of that other person's state of mind as well. And so the most, like the most, um, I guess, chaotic or aggressive conversations that we have had about religion have come from times when like, we, we were able to step back from those conversations and be like, oh, and pinpoint like, this is what I was going through at the time. This is why I responded to this this way. And um, for some of the other players in the conversation as well, that also showed in like, I was stressed because of this, or I was distressed because of this thing that's going on in the world. And so even though, like, if you take a step back, religion may not be the main center or focus, like the philosophy behind it, or like, um, the semantics behind it may not be the focus of the conversation itself. It like weaves itself into the emotional conversations that are happening that internally we understand and like on a subconscious level we understand, but we aren't able to express. And so I think if both parties come into a conversation about religion from a place where they're both intentionally saying we are having this conversation, we are respecting each other, like this is the kind of conversation that we want to have, then it can be very fruitful and I think you can get somewhere with it and that's why, I mean, like we have, I mean, like in college, like we had seminars and these open discussion classes where like you just kind of talk to each other and you try to figure stuff out together and it, it comes from a place of are we trying to figure this out together or are we just kind of talking at each other because I've done a lot of talking at people and like the people involved, like my family, especially we, they've done a lot of talking at me and we're just talking at each other. And we're not really like thinking about the things that we're saying because they're coming from a more emotional place rather than a rational one. And so if that makes sense, like just there, there has to be intention behind it and like a conviction that like, ultimately you care about you you can set your own pride and your own rightness aside to like care for the emotional response that this other person might have and so like I mean I had a I had a conversation with my family after kind of having to re-come out to them about this because like I, I ended up writing them a letter because I didn't know how else to um, have this conversation because like any of the reasons that I could, because for me, my queerness does not come from a place of like any sort of religious or God tied subject, but my queerness is like an in innate sense of my own being and like who I love and like 
It's an, it's an internal subconscious and it is an emotional thing. But when talking to them, I also recognized that their fear of queerness and their belief that queerness is associated with sin also came from a very innate and internal subconscious emotional place. And so like I had to kind of set my own pride aside and write this letter to them and it walk through why I also view queerness to be okay in a religious standpoint from the like perspective of Christ and from the perspective of a Christian. And I mean, like it was like four o'clock in the morning. I was very exhausted. (laughs) And like we had been also having an emotional conversation before this. But when I wrote them that letter, I've seen such a huge 180 in how they approach the subject because like I kind of had to do that first. And I'm not saying that's the way it has to be all the time. And like, you don't have to put yourself in that position if you are not in an okay enough place to do so, or you're not convicted to do so because it's not, it's not on you to make other people comfortable, I guess, about your beliefs or, um, you know, your identity or whatever you feel like comes with the package that is you and that comes with conversations with you. But if it depends on if you want to sacrifice a little bit of um, time and your pride and energy, which can be very, very taxing, and some people just cannot do it at that time. It just depends on like how much of that sacrifice are you willing to make for the sake of this relationship, and do you feel like it's worth saving in the first place? Because I personally do, and so... I don't know. I kind of like went on a rant there. But I mean, that, that's okay. I mean, I think it's good that you care so much about that relationship. And I mean, I think we have very different perspectives on um, what it looks like to talk to somebody about something like that. Uh-huh. Because for me and my family, like we've never talked about anything in our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Like, to be honest, I don't really know very much about my parents. Yeah. Like, I don't really know where they're from. I don't know, like, their family. I don't yeah. really know, like what their past looked like. And I guess from an opposite perspective, I feel like I know too goddamn much. (laughs) Yeah. There are some things you just probably shouldn't tell your kids. I mean, I'm not going to get into details, but, you know. Um, And so, I I mean, I wish that we could talk, and I don't feel like it's for lack of trying. I just think that there's certain conversations that are better left avoided in my situation because it, I feel like it never has a fruitful outcome. There you go. Um, and that's that's totally valid. I mean, it just, again, it depends on, like, the nature of the relationship in general. Well, I mean, I was also just tired of being hurt from not being heard. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, I think that that's more, um... But do you think that, like, silencing yourself is a way to be heard? Um, I think to an extent, yes. Okay. Um, because I feel like my silence, um, is more admirable than trying to fight them about yeah. something that they will never understand. Yeah. And I don't expect them to understand. Um, because honestly, at this point, I think that they're too naive to understand. Mm-hmm. Because they don't try. That, that, that's a very, very good point. Um, and I think so much of it comes with balance too, because like, I think for so long I was, I was giving them too much space. Like I was not asserting myself and, um, like, and and not just in like a conversation way, but like, I wasn't like kind of like putting my foot down and saying like, this is the like way that you need to treat me. Like, this is the way that I deserve to be treated. And this is the way that I would like to be treated. And, um, I mean, that's part of the reason that I didn't go home for Thanksgiving because like, I felt like I was not being respected or treated the way that I deserve. And so I said, okay, well then, I mean, I'm not going to be here for this thing. I'm still going to go home for Christmas for the kids because that's very, very important. And I really don't want to miss out on my relationship with my nieces and nephews. Um, But even since I have put my foot down and, and like you said, like kind of gave some more space and just kind of withdrew 
and said, okay, we're not going to talk about it. But also, I mean, you, you don't have the privilege of like knowing all of the things in my life. If you, if you're not even going to listen, if you're, if if I'm not going to be heard, right. Because everybody deserves to be heard. And like, right. And well, for me at this point, like, I don't feel like I have to prove something to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I should have to prove why I think what I think yeah. about certain things. Improving yourself is super exhausting. I mean, like, even writing that letter, though it, like, did some help, I think what helped more was separating myself for the time that I have. Because, like, I've already had, like, a couple of really great conversations with um, both my mom and my sister in this regards. Um, because, like, we, like at the end of the day, we all just love each other. And like, we miss each other when we're gone. And I mean, it's still weird because like, there's some things that like, I don't feel like I, it's just, it's not the same, but I'm hoping that over time it will change and evolve to be something that is better than what we had before. And I'm kind of just holding out hope for that. Um, but right now we're just kind of in this awkward phase of like, I kind of had to push you away for my own sanity (laughs) and um I'm hoping that like sometime over time we will be able to um see more eye to eye right and even even since then I mean like I've had conversations with my mom on the subject of queerness and like she just said ultimately like I miss you I love you and I miss you and like I don't want this to be one of the reasons that we don't talk to each other. And I really respected that perspective. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's nice. But I don't, but I don't think that would have happened. That would have happened had I not established that boundary in the first place. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I learned like a long time ago that me and my mother don't do well when we're together. Yeah. So when I was actually able to live away from her, when I was 17, 18 and went to college, I mean, that was a big breakthrough for me because it was like we could actually kind of talk about things. Mm-hmm. Like it, and, but then but then it came up again when, you know, I I stopped being, you know, their kind of religious because then it was, well, now we have nothing. In, now we have nothing in common mm-hmm. except that we're blood, mm-hmm. which to me doesn't mean shit. No. Um, which to her does. I think she thinks because she birthed me that I owe her some amount of respect, which I understand. But also, like, I don't think that I owe anybody respect who doesn't give me any. Exactly. So, um, hot take right there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, definitely for all the people out there struggling to have, you know, relationships with their family for X, Y, Z reason, especially if it's concerning, you know, their their beliefs, religious, non-religious, um personal lifestyle choices, whatever, um, you know, sexuality choices, whatever it may be. I mean, I think it's perfectly admirable and a good idea to separate yourselves if you don't feel like you're getting respect, because I don't think that you should have to prove yourself (laughs) to somebody who doesn't care Mm -hmm. enough to listen to you, which listening doesn't take shit. Mm-mm. It doesn't. It's the easiest thing you can do. You don't have to say anything. You can just be quiet and hear somebody out. Think about how they're feeling. It's it's called being compassionate to other yeah. people, which I'm just astounded that some people do not have any. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't have any, but I feel like they just choose not to use it. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad because I... I grieve over the lack of relationship that me and my parents have simply because I feel like they have no desire to create one with me that is peaceful and understanding and um, compassionate to hearing what the other person has to say, Um, which makes me sad and has pained me a lot. for a lot of years, um, and will continue to upset me. Um, because I mean, I don't, you know, my parents are old and I imagine that if things continue the way that they, they go, they'll die. And you know, they don't really know who I am and I don't really know who they are. And I don't really feel like at this point, um, it's my fault. Mm -hmm. Um, which, which is sad, but I mean, 
I think that you just have to fight the battle that you can. Yeah, or um, that you want to, and that's worth fighting to you because, I mean, there's some battles that aren't, um, that, that just that aren't worth having because, um, like, they're, they will be too taxing on yourself. And, I mean, I, I really in the past, like, hour or so before um, we started this podcast tonight, um, I looked up a couple of things, and one of the YouTube videos that I watched, um, I can't remember what the source was, but it was um, two, I think, middle-aged women, and they're both atheists, and they kind of did, like, a call-in thing, and um, the girl on the call-in was talking about how, like, she was very concerned for her family because, like, not only were like they religious and that, like that in and of itself was the, her issue that she had with it. But like they had been going through so much hurt because of this religion. And, um, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure, yeah, fundamentalist Christianity, Baptist things in that kind of Venn diagram. Um, but like they were refusing, you know, for example, mental health treatment, they were refusing medicine. They were refusing, um, just like a lot of things that could like probably make their lives, their quality of life so much better. And so she was like expressing a lot of concern, but like the thing that the, um, woman, I can't remember what her name is now, um, was saying was that like, Hey, you cannot like deconvert them or whatever. Like you can't, you can't do that. And you're just going to drive yourself crazy if you're going to do that. Um, I mean, you can recommend that they seek mental health treatment and everything, but that's not a battle that's going to end well for you. And so I guess that's where it comes down to. It's like, is it more of a battle or is it a conversation? Right. Well, I mean, I think that the only way to really have constructive conversations about, you know, personal beliefs, um, lifestyle choices, you know, whatever that there's like disagreement on is if there's respect in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I hesitate to say love because I mean, I'm not trying, because I, I full heartedly think that, you know, a lot of the angry conversations that I have with my mother come from a place of love for her, from her, yeah. because I think that she is so convicted that what she believes is correct, that she thinks that she's coming from a loving place because she thinks that my lack of belief is going to cause me eternal pain and suffering. Yeah. So I understand that where she's coming from is a place of love, but it's not a place of respect, mm -hmm. which is, which the conversation, I mean, yeah, you can be loving all you want, but if you're not respecting the other person or their thoughts and their values or whatnot, or their lifestyle, then there's really like, as much as you want to say there's love, it's not love for the other person. Mm -hmm. It's not listening. It's not constructive. It doesn't accomplish anything, yeah. except it makes somebody angry or feel hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's not the purpose of having conversations about about things that are difficult. It's to try to gain some type of understanding, mm -hmm. which I think is funny that so many people bring... I mean, I feel like a lot of people just bring it up so that they can feel like they had the last word. Mm -hmm. So they can feel mm -hmm. like, well, I told so you. So they can feel right. Yes. Yeah. And that's not the point of having these conversations. Like, if you're trying to convert somebody, why would you want, why would you want to belittle them and say, well, like, you, I can't believe how stupid you are for not believing X, Y, Z. Like, of course. Mm -hmm. Like, if the church did that, like, they wouldn't have any new followers. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people that do do it in a way that's not belittling or anything. And I think that's why it works for some people. Um, but, but that I mean, mutual respect, it has needs to be, to be mutual. Yes. Um, so if you're planning on having family members around and trying to talk to them about these things, like you have to make sure that you're coming from a place of genuine respect and care. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like nobody wants to hear it, <laughs> especially me. <laughs> especially me definitely so yeah um yeah so i mean if you're going home for the holidays i mean thanksgiving has already passed us um but i mean the thought still applies the thought still applies um christmas is coming up it's fast approaching um a lot of people go home for that new year's you may um, be spending even more time with your family diwali i think that's how you say it well i think that's hanukkah i don't know 
quite. <laughs> yeah, whatever holiday, whatever holiday you or your family may or may not celebrate, if it causes any type of familial gathering, it's likely that you may be long together for longer periods of time than a lot of those who are celebrating Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay to set boundaries. Yeah, and it's okay to walk out of, you know. Christmas or XYZ holiday family reunion because you feel like you're not being respected. You know, something I just thought of is like, I feel like those um, conversations are like, they happen more often and they're broached more often when we see families for holidays because so many of these holidays are tied into religious traditions. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I really wanted to point out, but like, um we understand like it can be like a almost like not traumatic but I mean maybe traumatic I don't know time for some people if that is something that like you do have to experience when you go home is like the rehashing of the religion conversation um and something we were talking about before and something that was um actually breached in a conversation with one of my Christian friends um was like the, the, the nature of this podcast. And, um, I mean, like this, this podcast hopefully is for everybody. Um, but what, uh, when, when I talked about it with my religious friend, I mean, like I asked him if he wanted to be on the show and he politely declined and told me why. And, um, part of the reason that he said was because like, he just didn't, he said he didn't know how much he could bring to the table like how much he could bring to the conversation um and in what way and um he basically kind of said like he felt like it without in better terms in more understanding terms he felt like it was not a safe place I guess for Christians and um I don't know I, I hope that we don't make anybody feel that way um this is just like me and Brenna we're just like bantering about our own personal experiences, which haven't always been good. And yes, they are particularly in like response to Christianity. Um, But that's because of our experiences with Christianity haven't been great. Exactly. And if, you know, your friend that says that, if his experiences with Christianity have been been great, then that's awesome. That's fantastic. If I had been on that Christianity boat, I probably wouldn't be here sitting talking about I don't know how My I feel about that. that. I mean, like, I, I still feel like I would have issues when I learn about the history of it and everything. Um, I just feel like maybe there wouldn't be such a gut-wrenching response sometimes when we talk about it. Um, yeah. And so I guess I guess that's what I'm saying is, like, I hope this is a safe space for people who are listening of all religions um, but it is going to be a particular, uh, hopefully it is a safe space, particularly for people who are questioning, who are non-believers, who do find, um, some solace, solace in the fact that there are other people out there who do question and do believe in the same way as them, especially if it seems like every, I mean, like in my little town that I grew up in, like everybody was Christian and that, or it seemed like it. And I mean, like. It was just, like, hard to get away from. Same. And Same it me. was hard to understand that there is, like, a truth outside of it. Um, now, there's other people that believe other things and do other things. And they are totally fine. Like, they're thriving in life. Um, and, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's all I wanted to say about it is, like, I mean, th- there's plenty of... <laughs> There's plenty of safe places for Christians. I mean, I'm just I'm just going to put that out there. I don't want to belittle the fact that like being a Christian can come with its own difficulties because it totally can depending on your own environment and your own space. Um but maybe this podcast like isn't isn't the place. I don't know. Yeah. It just depends listen- on how you hold it in your heart and in yeah. your soul. Um but we wanted to do this particular episode for people who do find it very difficult to go home and talk with their family because... Or struggle, like, having it being brought up without their consent. Yes. And that's a, that's a good word to use here is consent. Do you want to have this conversation? Check yes or no. <laughs> and if you don't, feel free to leave. Yeah, you can leave that conversation. You can... Drive home. 
Uh, maybe maybe they flew. I don't know. I don't know. Because I flew last time and I wanted to Go to, to a leave. bar. Go get some coffee. <laughs> Go take some shots. <laughs> Go watch maybe, a movie. Maybe don't. If you, if you Go take a nap. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> take a walk around the neighborhood. Take a walk around the block. You know, just get some air. Clear your head and just remember that, like, it is temporary. The conversation is temporary. Um, it may be, like, it may bring up traumatic experiences, um, and that sucks. But, but also, like, remember that the person that's probably talking to you about this, whether it's consensual or not, is probably doing it out of a place of love. I mean, yeah, honestly. Even if you absolutely hate it. I think most people, I mean, I mean the, the reason that, I mean... I feel like I do this podcast and I believe you do this from a place of love, even though, I mean, sometimes we talk about like God fucking people on the ass. Like that sounds kind of weird, but like the, the reason that I think that came from a place of love (laughs) came from a place of special love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the reason that we do this is because like, like I said, I mean, I would have wanted to have this resource as a young teenager or young adult who was struggling with losing my religion because it felt so 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 scary and so that's why I get so convicted about it and that's why sometimes I say some I say things that sometimes aren't you know the best and sometimes are a little bit maybe too aggressive I don't know but that's a little bit of my personality I think that we're allowed to forgive ourselves about the things that we say when we're trying to figure ourselves out yes we definitely can and we can also forgive others for the things that they say when, I mean, they're when either we don't acting agree, out of fear or we don't agree. We don't agree. Because I th- honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like most people act out of a place of love. I would like to hope so. And that's just me being like a big hippie flower child. But like... I can see butterflies. <laughs> there's butterflies all around the room. We're not tripping acid. Um, but... Seriously, I mean, I I do think that most people have good intentions, and if they are speaking to you in a way that you don't like, you don't you don't have to entertain it. But also, just know they're probably speaking from a place of good intentions and possibly probably love. Yeah, and if you feel like the conversation will never be what you want it to be, then don't entertain it. Yeah, you don't have to prove anything to anybody no. about why you think what you think. Yeah. Except unless maybe you're in a court of law, but that's, that's not where we are. <laughs> then you want to prove things. Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, seriously. Um, and we love you. I yeah. don't know. Even if you don't feel loved, somebody loves you out there. Yeah. I love you. Send me an email. Yeah. Send us a re- an email and we'll respond. Hopefully, loving, lovingly. Within two to five business days. <laughs> Within two to five business days. To, about how long it takes to get your USPS package or UPS. US Amazon's going to get that shit to you same day. If you got that Prime membership. If you got that Prime membership. But now a lot of people are um, boycotting Amazon. I know. But also. I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm so weak. I wish I could be the person that's like, I'm not going to indulge in fast fashion, but also I'm not paying $60 for a top because I'm poor. But it's but we're also caught in the system that is creating the yeah. demand for fast fashion. So Yeah. Retweet. Mm. Well, <laughs> I hope you all enjoy a safe and happy holiday. Please. Perhaps socially distanced. Perhaps socially distanced. Maybe outside. Um, please wear your mask if you are going out um or if you're staying in you know take a walk get take tested. care of yourself get tested on the reg quarantine if it seems you know reasonable um yeah quarantine do just just do the look right out, thing do the right thing and look out for your fellow human being from a place of love that's Woo-hoo. it <laughs> um hope you have a safe and happy holidays and we'll be back with more content be back with you next week um feel free to send us an email dm uh shoot us a review on apple podcasts or or, spotify i don't can you review on spotify i don't know can you i don't know we'll figure whatever you listen if you're able to (laughs) shoot us a review do it uh follow us on instagram at religion made me do it Mm -hmm. and twitter at religion made me Share your personal stories if you have any questions. Um, I would like to do a poll. I would like to do a poll on Instagram and Twitter sometime this week about 
how many people talk about religion with their families because I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, same. From like our base. Yeah, I agree. Our limited base right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Uh, I will send that out small. maybe uh, tomorrow. Yeah, same. maybe. Well, probably after this episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Maybe before. I don't know. Yeah, and we want to hear your responses on it because we love you and we care about you. Retweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us a personal story and we'll give you a little shout out. Whatever. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode and have a happy holiday. Peace.